I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Here we are back again in the Red podcast with me, your host, Anthony Hart, and you, most importantly, you. I'm just a voice that gets to run my mouth on here, but I'm excited that you're here. I hope, if anything, that you feel like you're in a conversation. You may not be able to reach through the airwaves, but I hope I challenge you, intrigue you, connect you with a different perspective in hopes that you can begin to ask yourself questions, maybe ask God questions, or put you on a path to seek out a new and fresh perspective. Today, I have my boy, Jay Stallings, with me. We've done this before, so you'll know the voice. It is as if Jesus and Barry White had a baby who was raised by Lionel Richie. (laughs) He said that earlier. Got me. me. So I'm I'm so glad that you're back with me to talk about this Thing we're talking about. So here, I'll give you a little background. If you weren't here with Jay when he was with me the last time, because our stories, although we took a little divergent paths, yeah. all kind of started the same. We're pastors, kids, born and raised in church, yeah. got out, sowed our wild oats. So we have a differing perspective when we came back into the church, and then even existing in ministry and church, yeah, both in the church, had, yeah, had a moment where we stepped out of ministry for a season to now step back into it. So what you'll find with us is our perspective varies from somebody who's just been in church their whole life or been in ministry their whole life. And it's, I won't say jaded. I would say uh, jagged. We're jagged edge. Like a a boy band? Yeah. You really look like a boy band member. (laughs) Y'all can't even see this, but if you're watching the Facebook Live, you just got a little taste of some NSYNC moves uh, that I used to master Mm -hmm. at a local club here called Peabody's. That was the bait I used to hook my wife. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but today, you know, we've been talking about this a lot in our own personal conversations. One of the things we desire to do when we get together is in moments like these is allow you to be a part, a fly on the wall for yeah. our very real conversations. I think we all need conversations that we don't do it enough. I think that we only have conversations with people that we believe mm. all the way instead of like, yo, I need somebody to check this in me or I need somebody to check me or can I bounce this off of you? What do you believe in this? And I think that I think that that's why our relationship is healthy, because we've always been able to tell each other the truth, no matter if it was good or bad. Yeah. And that's. I want to I want to share something right here, but that's going to lead directly in what we're talking today about access and accountability, because those two go hand in hand. Um, but one of the things you were saying, I, I heard this a couple of weeks ago when I was listening to ESPN radio. One of the uh, announcers said, and I've shared this in a lot of different places. So if you heard it, just bear with me, because I think this is powerful for our nation, for our culture, for our day to day, for our lives is they were talking about a quarterback for uh, 
it seem. And he said, most people have come to the, the place where they feel like that quarterback's not good. Yeah. And he said, you could watch the game tonight and that quarterback comes out, throws an interception right off the bat, and you could be confirmed in what you believe. Facts. And he said, so if you're looking at the game and you're just looking for confirmation in what you believe in, you got it. And you'll turn the TV off and he's a bad quarterback. But he said, what if you were going in with the mindset of information? Then maybe you could notice the offensive line didn't block for him. The receiver didn't run the right route. The coach yeah. called in a bad play. Then maybe you're not confirmed in what you believed because you're informed by what actually happened. Mm. And I think – what he said was too many people stop looking are are only looking for confirmation and stop searching for information. Okay. So you could really get to a place, you know, we talk about politics all the time. If, if you're a Fox news person or CNN news person, and that's all you watch unknowingly, all you're doing is looking for confirmation because they got a part of the same got thing that you believe in instead of the same way. Like, yo, uh, like, Iron sharp is iron, and I think that we forget about those facts, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I only want to talk to people that I agree with inherently instead of having a different perspective, which I think that perspective gives you a binocular view instead of just monocular, right? It helps your view become into focus and not just like, oh, just my way yeah. makes it work, right? Like, I, you know, when we were growing up, my way or the highway was definitely a thing. Right. Yes. But then it didn't give you any other perspective but one. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, then why is this? Like, we couldn't, uh, growing up, why was not something that we could ask. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? The answer to that was always five fingers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or because I said so. Because <laughs> I said so. That was always. So. Like, you one. haven't even said anything yeah, yet. Yeah. What do you mean? I said enough. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, looks yeah. all I needed to say. You want to hear this belt? You're right. I've definitely heard a couple belts. Yeah, me too. I've definitely heard. I would say too, I'm better for it. Yeah, there was some I needed. Um, my dad never got like aggressive and beat me with a belt. I definitely got some whoopings. So. I definitely needed. I was in my time. Yeah, like trouble. Some maybe today some of these kids need a need a good whooping, not a good beating, but a good whooping. Yeah, or I know Jesus time. whoops me sometimes. Yeah, verbally. Yeah, definitely. Or it tells me, it tells me about myself. Yeah. But, you know, I think that confirmation and information brings up the powerful point of perspective. And then when you surround yourself with people who don't think like you, act like you, sound like you, which if you've heard this podcast before, I know I say that a lot. But I think that is the key that many people are missing. We yeah. look at our inner circles. We look at the things we listen to, the things we watch. And before you know it, you can get in just this flow of you're only confirmed in what you believe. God had to really stretch me outside of the like the theology I was raised in, get me around people who were different so I could begin to discern and listen and, and read through the lines and say, wow, I've missed something. Yeah. So preaching to the choir right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've learned that the hard way, you know, but the good news is we stand here now being able to share that with people, inviting people into that same space. You know what what, what you're saying helps me like the lord has been talking to me about compassion mm. right and so i was like oh i'm a compassionate person he was like <laughs> <laughs> so in that he's asked me to like give up violent films mm. for a season like not watch it and he was like if i'm trying to put more compassion in you but you're watching things that are not compassion then what does it do to you 
Are you bro. watching the Hallmark Channel now, like, bro? Religiously, like, I just want to. No, I just want to be emotional. He said that he wanted me compassionate, not <laughs> soft. <laughs> Christmas Hallmark movie. Jay is getting all in his feels. <laughs> Got a sweater. You wore a sweater for Morgan. Get your coffee and your sweater. Madeline walks in like. Who am I married to? What are you doing? Boys, don't go down there. You don't want to see your father (laughs) like that. that. No, No, it's true because the most basic principle of life is we reap what we sow. You are a product of what you invest into you. And we can, and that's a a place of struggle. Now, I'm not saying you're going to hell if you watch violent movies. Right. But if you've had a violent, and Jay can share about his story, he's had, he's, he would anoint some people with yeah. the fist of the I've Lord. I've definitely been stabbed a couple times. Yeah. So I've never been that. Yeah. I've always been the dude. Shot, too. I've always been the guy shot. behind the guy. Yeah. Like, like, I'll like, run my mouth and then step man. back and let my... You talk to him. That's right. Hmm. So I've never got... I, I got into a fight in second grade. Mm-hmm. That's the extent of my fighting. I, I'm, a, I'm a lover, Because it's in second grade? Yeah, yeah. You gonna fight right now to get me up to date? We need to go outside. You need to be punched, boy. Um, But yeah, there's things in us that, you know, I talk about the mental capacity and our attic, the things we hold on to, and knowingly or unknowingly, some of those things can really feed into it. And there are times that God will ask us to step away from some things. It's not to say you can never do that again, but it's a season I got to re. I got to get you re-centered on who you are and what you are. And that's taking away. That's taking your attention. You it's getting you me on your phone because it's not coming through. Okay. Um, so I think that's the key. But today I want to talk about something because I think it, it will bring us right back to the things we're talking about. Jay and I's ability to converse and talk about some of these things to come from differing perspectives has all come out of a, a season of trust. I think you would agree with that. I'm going to edit this post real quick as we're talking. So I'm going to let you jump into this. But through our life together, through the season, and we've known each other for the better part of, shoot, 10, 12 years now. Yeah. and Both when we were really kind of coming into ministry, really, like as leaders in ministry, when I came to what was then called Parkway, first you were kind of stepping into that um, pastoral role, like, assistant pastor role and kind of preaching and, you know, leading the services and stuff like that. And I was coming in and at first I wasn't even anything. And then I became the worship pastor. Yeah. And that was room. We really got to spend that intimate time together Mm -hmm. during some rough seasons in the world around us and all that. Yeah. Which really rough seasons where we were walking through a hundred percent. You know, and even after trying to we find yourself as that me trying to find myself, me almost going through a divorce, you know what I mean? Was I was separated, you know, and you were there the whole time while we walked through that season of life, which is something to say about people yeah. that walk with you through your tough seasons and see you at your worst and still say, like, I see you at your best. So I think that that solidifies just like uh, the the friendship. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think like when we look back, we talk about access, that's where that trust comes in. It wasn't like day one, you and I met, especially from the the backgrounds we come from, um, the lives we lived that we just said, oh, this person that doesn't look like me, probably doesn't sound like me, like same music as me, maybe watch the same movie as me. But it wasn't a, I open up my life to you. You right. don't get instant access to all my stuff. 
because that's not how we're I know that's how I, I wasn't raised that way. And when I was raised, we didn't talk about our stuff outside of the home at all. And being a preacher's kid, I, it's just the way it was. You didn't talk about your mess. You help people with others other, with their mess. But we didn't talk about ours. And I've learned now in ministry, that's such a broken mentality, because if we're not having somebody help with us, if we're locking this stuff down and we're not being held accountable, which we're going to talk about, there's got to be that place that we invite people. We're nothing different. We're just a person that gets to usher in, escort people, yeah. help people through stuff. But we got our own issues, too. Of course. We're humans. Like, we're humans. And I think that a lot of times as growing up in church, like, we saw the pastors as the be-all, end-all. What I like to call it is master syndrome. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Where the pastor is the be-all, end-all of all your decisions that you make in life. And so, like, how many times have we replaced the pastor with Jesus? Right. Instead of going to the Lord, we go to the pastors. And I think that they're not that pastors aren't necessary and that we shouldn't talk to our pastors. But the Lord is the one who leads mm -hmm. our lives. Jesus is the one who died for our sins, not that pastor. That pastor didn't die for none of your sins. And I I, I even beg to ask, like, say, hey, guys, think about it in that way. Would that pastor take your place? Mm. Would that pastor take your place of what you deserve? Like if you did something or you go to that pastor and be like, hey, pastor. You know what I mean? I got to go to jail. Would you go for me? How many people would do that? But Jesus decided to, uh, he said that he would do it, that he came to set the captives free, that he came and he died for our sins. And so I think that we don't see those in those terms. And so we end up giving people more value in our lives than we give him. Mm. That's good. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And so, but I think that we could learn from each other's struggles, right? Like I, I'm a musician and I see musicians that are way better than me all the time, right? But then they all come to me and say like, no, no, it's not that way. Cause you have your niche, you have what you do really, really well. Yeah. And I think that we can all learn from each other if that's what we're looking to each other from. But we also have to make sure that we're still looking to God for the deep revelation. We're looking to God for um, for direction, right? And your revelation is not my revelation. Your revelation can help teach me, but I have to have a revelation myself too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to come back to one of the things you're talking about, the pastor, because I want to connect this even to the business world and yeah. whatever we're in. It's, it's when that power and authority gets us to a place because what happens, like if you think about the president of the United States who has power and authority, right. there is limited access to that person. Mm -hmm. um, like it or not like it, what we've gotten to is there's pastors with power and authority and there's limited access. They've closed off the access. Mm -hmm. Like they've arrived at this place where certain people can't get to the only certain people can get to them. Yeah. Look at Jesus. There's one thing in his ultimate power and authority. He never closed off access. Right. Like, who closed off access to Jesus? The disciples did. Oh, y'all got to stay away. Keep the little kids away. Uh, when the woman of the, the is issue of blood mm -hmm. touched it, who touched it? Like they're like trying mm -hmm. to figure out. And, well, Jesus actually said that who touched me, but not right. because he didn't want nobody to touch him. He just wanted to see who did it right? so that he could help him. And I think that's the thing, that access. I think we close off ourselves. But also the other part of that is, is like, should everybody have access to us? I think that's where you have to be careful. That's tough. That's yes. a tough. Yes. Like in certain situations, like honestly, after I lead worship, 
I don't like to talk to a whole bunch of people afterwards yeah. because like I'm vulnerable, I'm open, I just shared my heart. Now, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, look and at that's Jesus. Hard. Yeah. Anytime Jesus, there's two times we see Jews, Jesus like getting alone with yeah, the yeah. Father. You have to either right before he went into something big or right after. Mm -hmm. When he'd come through and he was exhausted after ministering or doing something, he would get alone. So I think that speaks volumes about there has to be that rest and restoration. Yeah. And if you give access to everybody in a weakened state, it can affect you, it could it affect can. them, it affects you can emotionally respond in that yeah. moment because we are flesh. Right. So I think you do have to be careful about the when. Yeah. But I think when you begin to isolate yourself at all times based mm. on your stature and that's all tough. that, that's the place yeah. you really got to. So when you get into this access piece, I want to like CEOs, it, you're no different than a pastor or a, a dad, a father in the home. Like there's yeah. times that we even see that where a dad, like your kids can't talk to you. You can't speak up to me. Um, and that's even a broken watch place. You talk to me. Right. Yeah. Where I found with my kids, man, they minister to me. They talk to me like they they can challenge me in some ways yeah. just from a differing perspective. Now, they don't come at me and like. Yeah, it's not disrespectful. It's, I think it's, that the there's respect, our, it's, yeah. a, it's a respect thing. I think that we all need to respect. But I think that we also need to be like this is the issue. Right. For me in church, people are not transparent. But why? Why is that? Now, you just we just talked about this earlier today, how you don't like to be. Uh, what was the word you used? Um, in this in vulnerable, family. vulnerable. I don't like to be vulnerable around people. And I said, why? Ooh, are we getting into that? Yeah, Ooh, we're going to get right into it because this is the this is the access piece of it. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're ever going to get to the accountability, which has right. to come, I, I believe I always tell everybody, what if you give me access? Yeah. It's my job then to hold you accountable in that. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just allowing you to continue to do. Like, if you let I me access you. it, you're asking for my help or for a differing perspective into this. Yeah. You may not even know you need help. There's been times right, you right. and I have given access to one another, and that fresh perspective is like, oh, crap. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I thought I was doing thank good, thank you. and now I'm not. Yeah, thank you, or shut up. I don't right. talk, I'm not talking to you till tomorrow. 100%. Um, yeah. So that accountability yeah. piece has to come with it. But I think yeah. there's too many people that want to hold people accountable when they never got the access. So I think vulnerability is very scary because it leaves you wide open. So for me, I'm not a very vulnerable person, especially if I haven't known you for a long time. Like, so new people, I'm I'm like, I'm not being vulnerable in front of none of these people. Mm. I don't know them. It takes me a year to at least become like really good friends with somebody. Just yeah. because like, I feel like you get to see the all sides of me and then you can make your judgment if I'm supposed to be a good friend to you or not, right? Um, but vulnerability is very scary because it opens yourself up. Like I'm more vulnerable after I lead worship than before I lead worship, right? And so for me, like being vulnerable, I've seen people weaponize my vulnerability, right? Yeah. And then so then as a man, like you're, I think men are less vulnerable, they don't want to be vulnerable. It's 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 viewed as weakness. Um, and so, like, I have an issue with connecting to vulnerability uh, in front of other people. Mm -hmm. Like, I can be vulnerable by myself and talk to the Lord and stuff like that. But also being vulnerable in front of other people is really, really difficult. So I'm going through a season where I have to trust the Lord and he's asking me to be more compassionate and be more vulnerable. And I think that compassion and vulnerability go hand in hand together for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what the doctors say, but for me, um, vulnerability um, 
is hard. Well, I say it this like way. naturally hard. You can't give anything you've not received. Right. And when you're vulnerable, you can receive compassion. And the moment you receive compassion, now you're equipped to give compassion. Yeah. So if he's calling you to be more compassionate, we're just, let's just become your couch moment. Just get up here, put your feet up. So what would you say is, um, but as you were talking about the vulnerability being weaponized against you, this is definitely something that happens in the world around me. Everybody's looking for a leg up. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm trying to do the same thing you're doing and I'm trying to chase numbers, I'm just trying to chase dollars. In the business world, I think this is the broken mentality is never let them see you sweat. Never right. let them see. You. Don't be vulnerable because there is a competitor that's going to hold that against you. Yeah. But I thought about this scripture where it says no weapon against formed against you shall prosper. Yeah. So then if your own vulnerabilities are being weaponized against you, if you're doing it with the right heart in the right place, the right position, it don't matter who tries to weaponize against you. God's already promised it will not yeah. prosper. And right. I think that's the place of, you know, I, I've been, I've had people tell me, um, and I know you do this too. When you minister, you open up about those. It's, it's funny yeah. when you minister, you can be vulnerable in those moments. Yeah. You're almost, what's the word I'm looking for intentional about that, but mm -hmm. I've gotten to a place where I'll just share my less than moments from the pulpit. And I've had people come up and said, you don't know what it meant to see a person who's a pastor open up about those moments to be right. vulnerable, to help me realize that in my vulnerability in the places I'm struggling right now, you're no different than me. Yeah. You're just further along in the journey. I think that we all as human mm. beings like to compare ourselves to things, mm. people, places, things, right? Like I think that we all have that comparison. And so like being your friend, I've been, you know, we've been friends, like you, you said, for a long time. Sorry. I, and I'm really not, I'm really not. <laughs> Get out of your booster seat. All right. Sorry. Back to the top. We're just real. <laughs> For today, I'm taller than him. That's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was saying. That's funny. <laughs> you got me on that. <laughs> so this access piece, I think it's the thing that's missing in the church because Sunday mornings is when we're supposed to have it all together. Right. So from the moment we get out the car, the morning could be a beep show. It just yeah. could be in shambles. Your kids were acting out. Couldn't it get them out of bed in time. Hair is all jacked up. But between I the have door, left kids at home. Bye. That's some truth. Uh, no waiting. <laughs> you need some Jesus, but I ain't letting go of my Jesus for you today. You should yeah, be in the word before I, like, I get home. I like to be on time. <laughs> I'm going to leave this scripture for you to read before I get <laughs> here. There will be a test. Um, but from the moment we leave our home to the moment we walk into the church door, you better you better get your act straight. Yeah. You better get it right. You tell your kids. Together. You better get it right. We better walk in there. Have it all together. And then we ain't got it all together. We spend an hour and a half keeping it stifled and the pastor's preaching at us and we can't hear it because we're trying to hold all this stuff together. It's like mm -hmm. having I'm thinking of a visual now of us holding all these boxes and the pastor's like have this one thing that you and you can't even hold it because you're carrying all this yeah. stuff and it's like God's like, just throw the stuff up in the air, be vulnerable, to be open, let all that stuff go and grab what you need that yeah. can change your life. This is what I realized for me, right? Like you were talking about be open. If I close everything off, right, I don't let anything in and I don't let anything out. Mm, that's good. A door is door. 
So then we go right back to the beginning of this conversation. You become confirmed. This is who I am. This yeah. is what I'm stuck with. That identity piece. But then stuck. we can't change. We like if we change. say that. And I think that that's the whole thing that the Lord is saying that he is. Uh, we go from glory to glory, right? Like we're constantly changing. We're constantly understanding him. I'm way different at 40 than I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. right? 20, I was The hairline's not the- No, bro. I got a great hairline. Gosh. All my bald friends talk to me about <laughs> it. <laughs> Look at that. They're just it's okay. You don't have access to your hair. I'm apologizing. Uh, that's not what the Lord <laughs> This beard is scrumptious. This is access to Gandalf. That's what it is. <laughs> Thou shall not pass. <laughs> this is where we go. We just get on. We'll come back to probably this thought, maybe or maybe we won't. Um, but but it is. I think that it is really important that we understand that, right? If we close ourselves off, hmm. then we don't. We're not open to what the Lord is saying. And so, for men, uh, for you men who are closed off, I'm telling you, uh, you have to trust in the Lord. It says, "Trust in the Lord in all your ways, and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct our path." I'm. I always wondered why it said, "Lean not to your own understanding." It says, "Lean not to your own understanding," because we get hurt and out of our hurt, out of our situations in our life, whether they're good or bad, right? We lean to that because it's our understanding. Mm. But the Lord is asking us to trust him in all your, trust him in all his ways and lean not into your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him. So if I'm constantly acknowledging him, right? Then I'm no longer closing the door because I don't have the ability to close the door. I'm going to allow him to let what needs to come out out and allow him to let what comes in comes in. Right. And I think that's what we need to learn about access that people people. I'm not saying we should let everybody in. But nowadays. Right. Like at work, I have a key card that I scan my key card and it unlocks the door. Who has the key card? You have to give somebody access. You have to give people access. You have to give the Lord access in your life, the Holy Spirit access. You have to have access. Sometimes we close ourselves off to everything. So I'm saying right now, Lord, help us Mm. not close our lives off so that not only do I change, but the people around me are able to access and they're able to change, right? Like I want my kids, I want my kids to be way more sensitive than I were. And I was, I talk to them all the time about that. Like, let me tell you how I reacted to things because of that. And I don't want you to be able to react to those. I don't want you to react the same way. I want you to be able to deal with some of these tough situations that are going to happen in life because they live in a different time than we lived. Yeah. Right. And but if I'm not giving them access to me as a father in those ways, then they're going to shut off. 100 percent. Right. My dad wasn't taught the emotional places that like I'm dealing with now. And it's not his fault, but it's not his fault because that's how he was taught. His dad grew up in a different time, the you know, a Korean War and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, didn't go to high school, worked on a tobacco farm as he grew up. You know what I mean? Like his life was harder than what my dad's life was. Yes. Right. And so having access to talking to them and asking them, like sometimes I push the envelope with them because I want to know how to be a better man. What what helped you? What hindered you? 
and those things. So I think access is really important. And that's why I appreciate like our friendship because we have access to each other and now we trust each other, right? Cause we've been friends for so long. So you have a key card, I have a key card and we get to be like, hey, how are you doing? Beep. Yeah. Okay, I get to open up this door and talk to you about this situation because this is how I'm doing and you have access to my heart. But not only do I have access to tell you about things, you have access to speak into my life. Yeah. I want to talk about intent a little bit because yeah. like when we read scripture, like words used like brother, if you exist in Christian circles, brother has become a title, mm -hmm. not a term of endearment. Like in my, in our home, both of us have a brother. Yeah. We have brothers and mm -hmm. I can share anything with my brother. Yeah, He may not agree with me, but there's an openness between them that I can share. It's the same way when I call you brother, it's not, Oh, brother Stallings, yeah. uh, God bless you. <laughs> Your suit looks amazing today. Where did you get those socks at? <laughs> um, it, it's in terms of endearment. And for mm -hmm. me, I think when you go back to the intent of what the church was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a family. Yeah. A family of brothers and sisters, yeah. not titles, but really a place that we could be open. Yeah. I, I tell my kids this all the time. They'll be arguing and, and you know, now they're getting a place where they're starting to like boys or girls and like, mm. oh, you like so-and-so. I'm like, stop that. Yeah. Because the one thing you got to realize is when we walk out this door, there's a world around us that ain't on your side. Yeah. They're trying to get up on you. They're going to call you names. They're not going to agree with you. When we're in this house, we're on the same squad. Oh, yeah. If there's anybody once we walk out that door that we know is riding with us, it's these five people. Yeah. Like no doubts about it. Facts. So, like, let somebody try to run up on you while I'm around. A hundred percent. It's not going to happen. Mm -mm. No. no. I mean, I may, I don't know. I may go find somebody bigger than me, but I'm I got you back. Headbutts and elbows, baby. <laughs> Headbutts and elbows. We going at it. But now think about that from the church perspective, because we right. talked about the access and how we're not being vulnerable because we are afraid their weapon is. How many church people, Christians, are trying to preach Christians into hell? Ooh. Because the moment we're vulnerable about something we're struggling with, yeah. all we want to do is point a finger. I'm like, that's yeah. wrong. You're going to hell. And no, don't don't tell me that. Help yeah. me out of it. Help me I don't think that the it. Lord ever intended for his book to be used as a weapon in those terms, right? He said, and with love and kindness have I drawn thee, not with hellfire and brimstone, right? So I don't own a heaven. I don't own a hell to put anybody in. Mm -hmm. So that is not my decision, first of all. And, and so I don't. I don't access it that way. Like, I don't say like this, or, but if somebody comes to me, they're like, I'm struggling with this. What am I doing? I think that the Lord has given us the ability to speak into their lives and help them. Yeah. Like you've pulled me to the side plenty of times, but like Jay, listen, man, like I'm seeing you go through this and this is the, this is what the Lord is saying about it. But that's because of, like you said, that ask access every, we're not meant to correct everybody. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If you ain't been given access to somebody, I don't yeah. care. You can't hold them accountable. Yeah. Because if you come to me and you don't know me and and you try to hold me accountable and there's not a relationship yeah. there, I'm probably going to get my feelings hurt. It's just human. Right, right, right. And I'm going to be like, whoa, whoa, I see what you're doing because we don't have the relationship. I know when you're coming to me and this is something that we've dealt with yeah. and I've had people come to me and it. So we had a situation. You addressed me and another person addressed me about the same situation. Yeah. I received it from you in a different way because it was an invitation of like, bro, I know you're better than that. I know right. this who you are. What is this? What's going on? And we were able to have a conversation. Talk about it. it. Talk through it. But like, if, and if, then so I could see it your way. Like, I get it. I see yeah. It. If you come to me and you don't know me, you're accusing me. 
Yeah. That's the difference between access and accuser. But like, also, what does the board say about the accuser of the brother? Hmm. Yes, 100%. And so I think that we step into, right, like the chessboard, there are different pieces. Yeah. And when we're meant to be something, we can't just be pawns. Yep. Right? We're supposed to be kings. We can't become pawns. And that's what happens. I think that we become pawns. And when we become pawns, then we only can move in different in one direction, right? Mm-hmm. Or and I don't think that that's what the Lord intended us to do. So I think that, like you said, that access. What am I doing, right? If I'm supposed to love my brothers and sisters, I have to come to them in love. And a lot of time, and I and I got to speak to myself because sometimes I hear preachers or I see things people say in church, and it will turn me totally off. And I'll be looking at person like, yo. Uh, I'll meet them outside, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Catch I have to, outside. yeah. And the Lord really has to deal with my heart on that. Like, you know, like he's, he's a brother in Christ too. Yeah. Maybe something happened to him and he's preaching from that hurt or she's preaching from that hurt or that understanding of what they have. How, how do we break out of that? Yeah. How do we break out of that? And then if the Lord is showing us something about someone that we don't know, He's not telling us to go up, and he could, right? But not all the time is he telling us to go up to that person. Like he, he I think that he's asking us to pray for that person. Yeah. And or if, I say sometimes, like, I'll, my prayer will be, God, I see this. Yeah. If it's for me, then give me the access. Yeah. Create that moment where, and then let me be obedient with the accountability in that place. Because mm. I think sometimes we get the access, and then we maybe see that person on a different level than us or yeah. all that. And I think that's why he said, you know, let the children come to me. I'll open those doors. But if you open that place for access, if there's a, it's open, God, let me be obedient yeah. and holding accountable there. Yeah. Um, you know, we, as our church, we, we open doors to anybody and everybody. Yeah. And I'm not going to preach at you when you walk in, I see you wearing some sin or you're yeah. doing something wrong. I'm not going to change my message the moment you walk in. No. But if we, through relationship, connect and eventually you open up or ask what I think about it, yeah. I got to tell it's you the truth. It's an invitation. It's That's seriously right. an invitation to understand the Lord in greater ways. 100%. And I think that gets to the, the last part of this conversation is with access, there has to be accountability. That's why yes, as pastors, as business and CEOs, you need to have some accountability in your mm-hmm. court because you're going to mess up. You're going to make reactions, responses. And yeah. the moment you isolate yourself, then you've come confirmed in who you are and the growing stops. Yeah, You've got it all figured out. This is where the power and authority place comes into peace. And you've prevent, you've stifled yourself from really being, I think, valuable at that point. You've determined your value. Mm-hmm. So for me, like when you open up that accountability piece, no matter who it is, I think you know, I open up myself to accountable to everybody in our church. Mm-hmm. I say that from the pulpit quite often. If any of you see me slipping, I'd expect you to come talk to me. Don't stand up in the middle of the church and call me out. Yeah. Unless I'm all, I'm wild. I mean, I'm really wild up there and saying some crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you see me slipping, I'd expect you to pull me aside and say, Pastor, man, I, I you said this or I've seen you do this. Can we talk about that? It's yeah. not come up. You did this and that's wrong. So like, does the people who have access to, are you accountable to them? Is that what I'm hearing? People who I give access to me, I have an accountability mm-hmm. to them. 
I think so. I think you you have to be. And if they're not holding you accountable, if that accountability doesn't come with the access, is it really access? Yeah. Well, I think like, so it's twofold, right? Like, so I have kids. I have a lot of kids. I have five. I have five kids. And they all have access to me. And I'm accountable to them Mm -hmm. in different ways. But the other part of that is like some of those, like I'm also accountable to you because you're a father. Right. And you see me as a father. And so the accountability that I have towards you is a little different than the accountability that I have towards my kids. Right. Like my kids can tell me like that. This hurt me and this like that. But you could tell me like, Jay, that's not a great way to be a father because of this. Yeah. Right? So I think that that's twofold. Right. Well, the Bible says more is it. required of a leader. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're leading somebody. Yeah. There's an accountability even for the people you lead, maybe in a different way. Right, right, right. Whereas a leader and well, a leader, have, there's an my kids have a different access to me, right? As a father, but there is right? access. Like so, for me and my dad, right? Like our our access switched as I got older. When I was younger, I was the son. Not yep. that I'm different now, but now like we're more like friends mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, this is my little son, right? Like and, and so I think that access changes mm. and accountability changes it grows it does it grows yeah. it's a living breathing thing so some of you might have questions about that but i think that it's a living breathing thing like some people your access grows sometimes the access goes away like the lord like you grow apart and it's this person's going this direction that person's going that direction and that you don't have that access to me anymore i know for me like access to people who have hurt me gets shut down quickly like okay no more access i don't need that in my life i'm done we're gonna we're gonna go right here because i'm gonna throw this in your court and i'm gonna bring it right up because somebody needs to hear this you were hurt and injured in your marriage by the person that should have ultimate access and it was yeah, yeah, yeah. used against you in moments. And oh, there was yeah. a separation in your marriage. That yeah. We, really we separated for a year and a half. So how did that get restored? Because I think that's the ultimate place. If, if your partner that you sleeping next to at night, yeah. if they don't have ultimate access to you, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the beautiful image that God created man and woman being married was your helpmate. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we see Eve come out of Adam. They should know everything because yeah. they have the piece of, whether it's a different uh, personality or whatever that can challenge you in a way. Yeah. But if you're laying next to the person and they don't know everything, your ins and outs, your ups and your downs, that's a broken thing. And if you're worried, especially about them weaponizing that against you, oh, yeah. then you need to really talk it over that person. And maybe you're in a broken relation that can't be restored. I, I'm one of those pastors yeah. that I'm not going to, Tell you to stay in a place where you're being injured and hurt and wounded and whether you're attacked. I think for me, it just took time. Like it took time for me to trust in the Lord. And in that place, like it really healed me. So therefore I could look at her differently. Mm -hmm. And I think it's vice versa because I've hurt her too, right? She hurt me, I hurt her. And then it goes to this tit for tat thing. And then like, we really just got into a place where like, listen, I don't want to hurt you anymore. Yeah. I don't want you to hurt me anymore. What do we need to do to make sure that those things don't happen? Right. And then so the access of that, right, the access, I can access your heart, your mind, your soul, your emotions, like those things, knowing that I can trust that in you helps. Yeah. Right. Helps I think it's 
for but me, that's hard. It takes time. hundred percent. Right? Especially after somebody hurts you. Like it has to take, there has to be like when you get injured, right? Knee injuries, elbow injuries, shoulder injuries, all those things, right? It takes physical therapy. It takes mm-hmm. like moving it around. And sometimes that place gets stiff and it will never be the same. But does the other person understand that? That's good. And how much of that can they take? Mm-hmm. How much of it can you take? And can you do the longevity process? Can you take the steps to do that? You know, it doesn't happen right away. And injuries don't heal, uh, you know, that fast. And sometimes it requires us to be vulnerable first. Yes. Like I was just thinking about that. It almost, we open up some spaces with the invitation of accountability like yeah. i'm giving you access to this because i'm struggling and i need your accountability yeah. i'm not just giving you access i want the whole thing yeah this is where i'm struggling and you invite them into that space and yeah. let them be a part of the the solution they didn't even know you had that problem but in that situation this is something i need help with i want to share it with you I hope you don't weaponize against. I'm trusting yeah. you in the space because I want you to hold me accountable. I me and my wife to- were having that conversation last night. Like we are going to this thing. I was talking to you about it. I'll let you guys know. You know, I'm working on the vulnerability part, but we're going to this thing called Big old living- teddy bear. <laughs> we're called uh called Living Waters, right? And it's uh deep healing, things like that. So shout out Living Waters. Thank you guys. I uh, really appreciate you. Um, but it really is sharing some of the things that's inside of you. And, you know, they do the small groups and they have men and they have women. They're separated. So you have that. But I told my wife how absolutely terrified I was of Mm -hmm. that, of sharing my vulnerability in front of people that I don't know. Right. Because I don't trust inherently quickly. Like I did. Tony, it just doesn't happen for me. Um, But also knowing that it is in it is necessary for me to do. Right. Everybody is like, well, thank you for being honest. You know, like you're, you're an honest person. But. I'm honest. I'm just not vulnerable. Yeah. Like there's a difference. I'm honest, but not vulnerable. So I was just telling her like last night of how like nervous I was, how it gave me anxiety and like anxiety plays out different in me. Right. Most people are like nervous energy. I just don't talk. I just stop talking. Like, Hmm. but when I woke up this morning, I felt a whole lot better because I was able to share with her how that, happened and she just didn't she didn't just like push it off or she didn't try to fix it in that moment and i think that sometimes when we're being vulnerable um god's not asking us to fix the person god's asking us to be the pillow Hmm. let them rest their head you somebody cannot rest in you and you talk at the same time constantly like let them rest their head like talk it out let them talk let them get those feelings out and then rest and be like i'm here for you i'm praying for you i'm asking the lord to help you with that and i think a lot of times we try to when people are vulnerable with us we try to fix it because we want to fix things yeah you know i was thinking about this from a personal perspective too um the i just had this vision pop in my head of if i'm handing you a sharp sword or if i'm handing you a balloon sword I get to determine when I'm vulnerable, what I'm handing you. Hmm. If I'm handing you something that has power and authority in it, I feel like it could wound me. I've given the power and authority to this thing that I'm giving you. Got you. But what if I take the power and authority of this thing away from before I even give it to you? 
I get to determine whether this is a sharp sword or a balloon sword. When I give it to you, it has no power control authority. I can't be wounded by this. That's why I'm letting go of it. I think it's a gift when you're sharing your vulnerability with somebody that doesn't deserve it. Like you can take they this. They did absolutely nothing to deserve your vulnerability. And I think it's the invitation for them to do the same. But what if I'm handing this to you and I'm like, I don't care if you turn this back around. Yeah. You can't wound me with this. That's yeah. why I'm letting it go. But I think that's the. That's the piece. That's, that's the, the piece. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, vulnerability. Is it going to hurt me? And I think that is the thing that we have to stop being afraid of because I think that it doesn't have to. We, like you said, we give it the power. Like, man, me telling what my story is and what hurt me. And I, the other part of that is, is like shame is the thing I think that hurts in vulnerability. Yeah. You know, I go to First Peter 3, I've been in 3.15 for a while, but 3.16 says, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. There you go. So, you know, when you release some of these things, some of your mistakes, some of your shortcomings, um, when you know you're stepping away and you're doing good yeah. things, that's where you remove the power of it. Yeah. You can't wound me with that because that's what I did. That's who I was. Right, right. And I'm letting go of it. I'm sharing that with you so I can I can release it. So I can release it. And the moment I give it to you, I'm giving you a sharp sword. Shackles on my feet so I can dance. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to praise, praise you. I'm going to praise you. Oh, praise you. <laughs> um. No, I think this is so necessary. Man, we've we've run the gamut of church. We run the gamut of yeah. marital relationships, business, all the things. Access accountability. I think it's missing. Access accountability. You, if you don't have somebody in your life that you've given access to, you need to think about that. You need yeah. if you're married, that you need to restore that place of access first and foremost. Because yeah, your yeah. marriage is never going to grow the way it should if you don't have ultimate access. I know a lot of marriages struggle in access to bank accounts and all that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many rooms, right? There's so many rooms inside us. And if we don't have a key card to get into those places, right, then the other person is going to constantly feel shut out. Mm -hmm. And if somebody feels shut out, what do you do? Then you shut them out. Yeah. And then nobody has access to nothing. So let's finish this with one exclamation point. What do you think the takeaway with somebody, if you could hear anything, if you heard the last 10 to 15 seconds of this podcast of this moment together on this live, what would it be? What's the nugget? Don't deny access. Hmm. If you want to grow in a relationship, if you want to grow in a relationship with the Lord, if you want to grow in a relationship with your spouse, if you want to grow in a relationship with your brother, your sister, your friend. Yeah. And I think that's key. Relationship equals access. You want a deeper relationship, open up the access. Yeah. And the moment you open access, be ready to be held accountable. Yeah. That's what causes a healthy relationship because that introduction of a fresh perspective, a fresh set of eyes will hold you accountable, will yeah. open your eyes to something you've missed, will take out the emotional level to it. Like you become emotionally attached to some of these things. No. But I think that accountability is so important. Like, you know, we're working on some things together and we've said that we're going to one day we get together, do this. But that makes us that holds us accountable. But yeah. we know that we want the best thing for each other. And when you know that somebody wants the best thing for you, right, that helps you become accountable to them and you go in direction. I think that it's also important that you don't give access. So I know we're talking about access, but for people who don't want the best in your life, like you can't give them access. So learn the people 
who the Lord is asking you to trust. Learn the people who the Lord is telling you, I brought this person in your life and give those people access and you give and, and they give you access. It makes you a better person. You can't give access to everybody, but you need to find people that you can give access to. We say this a lot. This has really been at the core of when we started our the home church session and just, I believe, our internal yeah. village. And that is surround yourself with people who will challenge you to be better and love you when you're not. Yeah. Find friends, make them family, love them fiercely. That's it. So I encourage you, if you don't have that today, be looking for it, searching, finding, because you need those people in your corner that aren't going to let you slip. Uh, will not let you just be okay with who you are. They're going to challenge you, but they know when to challenge you. I think that's yes. the importance. They know when the accountability piece, they know when to come by, snuggle up with you and say, let's watch a Hallmark channel and be vulnerable for a minute. But when we get done with this, I'm going to drag your tears up and say, Jay, get up off let's your go. keister and let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the live. I hope those of you that are listening on the podcast enjoyed this. It was a little bit long, but you know what? I think it was fruitful. Uh, anytime I get to share space with you, you know, bro, I walk away um, lifted up, fulfilled, but challenged. Um, oh, so I'm excited for what's coming next in your life, my life. Everybody's listening. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Let's go. Okay.